0: Welcome friends. This is the next episode of Shoulder to Shoulder. I'm here with my lovely co-host Megan Silas and I am Pam Marvin. So good morning,
1: Megan. Good morning, Pam. It's great to be here. It's a beautiful sunny day um, when we're recording this and um, we're blessed, blessed, blessed to be able to see it and experience it. And uh, we're we're excited about our topic today. It's very timely. Now, if uh, y'all um, listened to our last podcast, you know that we talked about uh, Pam and her family's experience of um, having COVID and uh, what that uh, was like. And so during that conversation, um, obviously, you know, the whole topic of what COVID has meant to our lives uh, in these past few what has been like five months now, I guess, that we've really been um, dealing with it in a significant way. And um, one of the topics that came up um, is really, perhaps I would say the most visible topic of uh, COVID in our lives today. And that's the topic of wearing masks. And uh, Pam, I think you'd agree that uh, this particular topic has emerged as a rather divisive one. Exactly. I can see that among our community and among
0: like-minded people as well. But I want to go and just kind of let our listeners know, we were talking off air, and uh, I want to let everyone know that Megan does have some authority to speak on this topic, even though we won't be talking about the health aspects. Megan has an undergraduate degree from Princeton in psychology, and she also has her MD as well. So she does have some knowledge in there about this whole aspect of it. So I just want to give our listeners that um, kind of that background and mm-hmm. let you go ahead and start talking about why this is so, so prevalent on your heart.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, for me, um, in my undergraduate education, um, I've always, you know, just all my life really been interested in human psychology and so decided even though as a pre-med that I wasn't going to focus on biology. I'd get plenty of that uh, when I got to medical school and really wanted to focus on, you um, psychology and and specifically human relationship. Um, In my undergraduate work, I focused on social psychology and to get my bachelor's degree, I was required to do a senior thesis um, and I did an experimental thesis which was involved in um, nonverbal communication among um, friends. And so this idea of how we communicate with our bodies um, and not just our words has been an important thing to me um, since I was, uh, you know, in high school and right. college.
0: I, what I love, Megan, is just seeing how God's worked in your life from way back then to fast forward to today, we're doing a podcast about Jesus and his love and being shoulder to shoulder, that friendship. Absolutely. So it's like, I love it when you can see these themes that God puts in our lives.
1: Right. And so, I mean, I think we recognize, uh, as you said, you know, you, this issue of, of wearing masks has been, um, impacting, relationships. And that's really what this podcast is about. um, More than anything is how we grow in relationship with each other, how that those relationships impact our relationship with the Lord. And so anything that is seriously impacting how we interact with each other has got to be a topic of conversation if we really care about uh, relationships. And I felt compelled to discuss this topic of masks because I saw, you know, the physician side of me that tends to look at things um, from the more medical aspect, you know, has seen that conversation happen quite a bit about the efficacy of wearing masks as it relates to preventing uh, the transmission of COVID and also potentially protecting one from getting it. Um, I will say as a physician, the science isn't clear about that. Um, there's been disagreements. there you know, we all know that uh, it's not a conclusive. slam dunk, conclusive, whatever. That's not the topic of the conversation. And so we'll put that aside. But as a physician, I also understand that when you make a decision about moving forward with something um, as it relates to one's health, you have to look at the whole picture. Uh, So example, anyone who's had a surgery, you go to visit the surgeon prior to the surgery, and what happens? You go through a laundry list of why you're doing it, the potential good that you're hoping to achieve from it, but also the discussion of what could go wrong, the potential negatives that could happen as a result of the procedure. And going through that whole process is called... Establishing informed consent. What you're doing is you're saying, I'm going to give you all the issues, all the positives, all the negatives. And then you are going to make a decision of your intellect and your free will to decide, do you want to move forward with this procedure, knowing the whole picture? Measuring risks. Exactly. Um, I don't think that's happened in our society as it relates to masks. I think we've discussed a lot about the potential health benefits of wearing it. Clearly, the governments have gone all in on it because in our state, in Texas, um, for the most part, it's required anytime you go into a public place, um, you know, stores, churches, all these sort of things. Um, but the discussion of the impact that it has on our psycho-emotional health and our spiritual health is not something that I've heard discussed much. Mm, And that's why we're here today.
0: Yeah, That is what we want to Mm. talk about
1: today. So as you're listening, I would just say, please put aside for a moment your thoughts and opinions about the health benefits from a physical health standpoint whether you think that masks really do a great job and are essential for preventing the spread of the disease or whether you're on the other side and you feel like they're not really very um, efficacious and you know, they're pointless and you know they're just people trying to control us or whatever. Whatever side of that issue you're on as far as the physical health, I, I, we're asking you to try to just put that on the back burner for now and really give a full... Ascent to exploring mm-hmm. what the potential emotional, psychological, and spiritual effects of wearing masks could be.
0: Right, as we were talking about this topic before um, off air, one of the things that um, we're helping to do in a relationship-wise is to articulate what many of us may be feeling during this time and how it's affecting us psychologically and through our relationships as well. So as she was talking more about it, I was like, wow, you're really articulating what I've been feeling interiorly and not being able to put words to it.
1: Right. Yeah. And so it's, it is a really deep and broad issue. So I think right at the outset, we're already thinking this is probably going to be a, a two podcast episode topic. So we're just going to give you that, uh, you know, sort of warning right now. If you think that we're going to complete the conversation at the end of this particular episode, uh, your, your expectations will probably not be met because <laughs> <laughs> we have so much to say. But I think um, what I would like to do is to start... Um, kind of on the human-relating side of things and uh, the human development psychological side of things, and then maybe the next episode get more deeper into um, the spiritual aspect of things. Um, One of the things that uh, is very, very clear uh, in research of human development, newborn development, and then all the way up into um, all of human-relating is that uh, not only is nonverbal communication extremely important in how we relate to other people, but the face is particularly important. There are so many studies that e- examine how newborns learn to interact with their world. And it fi- they find time and time again that the human face, recognition of the human face, relating to the human face, the expressions are profoundly impactful to the development of a human brain. And how we relate as social beings Um, to the extent that newborns, they found that newborns within like the first month of life can identify their own people, like the people in their household over strangers. Mm -hmm. They identify, they prefer people who are of their own race to look at simply because it's what they're used to. What, and they have difficulty distinguishing between the faces of other people of another race early on because they've so honed into, these are my caretakers. Mm-hmm. And that that becomes primary to the newborn, which is important for their development, right? Because they're so um, just vulnerable, They need to know who they can trust, right? And so it's through the face that we develop trust. That's the point I want to make. Not that, like, we distrust people of another race. That's not my point here. But my point is, is that it is our human face that, from the very beginning of our human development, indicates to us, who can I trust? And... The affect that is shown on a human face, um, newborns will preferentially look at a person who's smiling, has a pleasant, peaceful, happy affect over a person who is frowning, negative, angry affect. They want to see that positive face to give them a sense of peace and security in their life. Because really what it comes down to in human development as you're starting out as a baby, what you're seeking, and this has been b- borne out in um, psychology, uh, especially in the last uh, 50 years. Um, some of you may have heard of attachment theory, which is a theory in psychology, which has really exploded as, as one of the ones that seems to be the most relevant to understanding human um, development is that we are seeking from the very first moments on this earth what we call a safe harbor, a secure place, secure attachment, this ability to say, okay, I can trust that individual when I'm struggling, when I'm fearful, whenever that is a place I can go back to and know that I can be safe. And the face has, from the earliest days, is part of what establishes that sense of safety, well-being, peacefulness. So, with that understanding, this is happening from newborn stage, but human beings that they build on that, right? That's how we are wired in our development. And so we have to then ask ourselves when we cover that very important communicator. Feature, yeah. That feature which says, okay, I can trust, I can feel safe. What's that going to do to how we're relating to our world? Right? I can't even imagine. I mean, I can
0: because I'm feeling it internally, but we're going to continue to try and articulate it even more.
1: Right. Because how many have you experienced this reality of um, you're out and you're wearing a mask and the... Normal way of social interaction among strangers even is, you know, you smile. You smile to indicate thank you. You smile to indicate nice to see you. You smile to indicate all sorts of things. And um, I don't know about you, but, you know, so much it's difficult to know if somebody's smiling now unless they really crinkle up their eyes, right? And not everybody smiles that way. And so that very – just that simple act of graciousness, of a smile, well, we don't get to experience that in the same way out in public.
0: Isn't it true, too, though, Megan, that when um, someone smiles at you, that reciprocal – there's actually a physical chemical reaction. If it's like a little bit of endorphin Mm -hmm. or that kind of thing that helps us to feel,
1: you know, better – Absolutely. Yeah. And among strangers, it, it happens. And But even more so among um, deeper, more intimate relationships, they have found in studies um, that they've done more in the more recent years of how so many people have moved their relationships onto a virtual platform. So they're interacting more on like Facebook, texting, all these sort of things. And what they have found is, is that... Face-to-face interaction is required for the maintenance of close relationships. And so even though you may have more quote-unquote friends in this day and age that you're considering friends because, you know, you interact with them on these various electronic platforms, it is inevitable that the level of intimacy in your relationships will decrease Mm -hmm. if you do not have face-to-face interaction. So important. It's really important. Now, obviously we can still see, look at somebody in the eyes, you know, when you've got a mask on, but it does put a barrier to the fullness of the interaction because there is so much more that goes on within an interaction that involves your nonverbal communications. And you're basically, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's an ugly word, but it's true. You're muzzling Yeah. A large portion of the part of your body that expresses your physical nonverbal communication. Our mouths, our noses, you know, all those sort of things are a big part of how we communicate nonverbally.
0: Well, what is the difference between, like, say, in person? I know there is a difference, but how much of a difference, say, I know a lot of people have turned to Zoom and Skype and other things like that, where you're actually able to see the person's Mm -hmm. face, which I have found... You know, I do in my job. I have a balance of both in person, where we wear masks, and then via Zoom, where we don't. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I find now the Zoom can be a little warmer because we don't have our faces covered, which is Mm -hmm. really I'm I'm interested to see what that difference is. I know it's not the same as a face to face in person because that's just lovely. I miss Mm -hmm. it. I do miss it. But do you can you talk about that difference?
1: Well, I think that there are. Profound um, sort of changes that happen physically when you are in the presence of a person, you know, Um, Mm. and. Which, is, you know, for me, always, you know, you can't help but think about Christ and his presence in the Eucharist and how you know that there's this difference. There's a difference between, you know, being in your home and praying and being in front of the tabernacle and praying. And then even more being in front of a monstrance and Big praying. Big difference. Right. Like those, those are Huge. right. <laughs> so um, I would say... Uh, yeah, there's there's definitely a huge value of being in the physical presence of a person. Um, but the visual, the full visual presence of a person, you know, has its benefits as well. Um, so, you know, when you're in a Zoom with a full face, is that better? <coughs> excuse me. Or worse than being, you know, <coughs> with somebody masked? I, you know, that might right. be a personal preference. But I think we can all agree that as it relates to you know human interaction nothing beats face to face full on face to face human interaction mm-hmm. and i would say you know even adding to that actual physical contact i mean mm-hmm. how beautiful is it you know if say you know a loved one is sharing something and you see the fullness of their their facial expression and then you're capable of reaching out and holding their hand or giving them a hug Um, so as it comes down to going the deepest into fostering our human interactions and relationships, there is going to be a negative impact. Anytime you shut off one of those channels of interaction and facial expressions, what I'm trying to say here, you know, kind of to sum that up is that the facial expression is a Big channel that has been used from the moment we opened our eyes and experienced this world as a way to foster human connection.
0: Right, you know, Megan. One of the things that you sent to me to to look over was the one about the symbolism.
1: Oh, yeah, that was amazing. It was
0: so eye-opening because it was again started to really articulate some of the things I've been feeling interiorly, uh, but. This young man just did such a great job yeah. of talking about that symbolism.
1: Did you write down his name? Because I actually didn't write yes. it down.
0: Jonathan, Jonathan Pragu. Pragu. I can look it up. I have it on my phone.
1: Well, um, so this is a, a gentleman who makes videos about symbolism. He himself is a um, trained uh, iconographer. iconographer. And
0: carver. He um, is the editor of Orthodox Arts Journal.
1: Right. So he's a guy who, in his work, places a lot of importance on symbolism. And, you know, it's actually great that you brought up him – because we'll talk a little bit about his video that we both watched. But as an iconographer, one of the things that really made me feel convicted about doing this topic on masks wearing is I was on Facebook one day and I saw actually a priest. He's a kind of a he, a priest from New Jersey who, who uh, posts a lot of stuff. Um, and I'm not, I don't follow him, but a friend of mine follows him. So you know how it goes. Somebody likes something and then you see their thing. But this priest posted an icon of Jesus that had been superimposed with a mask Mm. and he made a statement of, you know, Jesus would have worn a mask because he would have wanted to protect people. And I have to tell you, Pam, when I saw that, I literally felt physically ill to see Jesus's face covered in a mask. It, it felt like sacrilege, Mm. Very painful. I was like, I don't understand how you could even justify there being beauty in hiding the incarnated face of God. But then that really, you know, gets you thinking more about the idea of we are also the incarnated face of God as we read in Genesis he created us in the image and likeness of God. And that our face really does come more than just communication with each other and helping to know, you know, how somebody's feeling or or whatever or feeling safe ourselves or trusting. It's also about our dignity as being daughters and sons of the Lord and that the face is part of that, part of reflecting God in our physical bodies. Yeah, I think one of the points that Jonathan
0: made, too, was just the very basics on the symbolism of
1: wearing the mask as a separator, as a withdrawal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I read um, an article that um, was read a while ago, back in uh, 2011, entitled The Human Face Image of God. It was written by an H. Reed Armstrong And he stated, the hiding of the human face behind a mask is significant. It suggests a man estranged from humanity and at odds with his own rationality. Wow. And so it really does say to it hides the identity, right? Because the face is really very much associated with identity, right? How do you recognize who somebody is, you know? Well, you look at their face, right? Um, in fact, we had this very experience this morning, right? Where you're standing in the hallway as I was coming in and making my way up to the radio station, and I was walking right by you because mm-hmm. you had you we were in you're down in the lobby and you were wearing a mask and talking to somebody else wearing a mask, and I was wearing a mask and I walk right by you and you're like Megan, hi. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. Oh, it's Pam. Right, right. I didn't recognize you in that moment because all you were was hair and a mask. Well, I have to tell you a story <laughs> I just heard
0: this morning. You know, first day of school yesterday, daughter comes home from school, says, mom, you'll never believe what happened to me. So she runs into a friend, they're in their mask, and the friend says, oh, hi, hi, how are you? How are you? And she had no clue. She had changed her hair, mm-hmm. had no clue. Even after talking to her, and this wasn't just a a, a, a distant acquaintance. It was a nearer acquaintance. Mm-hmm. But because of the change in the hair, she did not recognize her at all until she showed her, well, what's your schedule like? Do we have more classes? So she could actually see what her name was because right. she didn't know. This wow. is like a 14-year-old. Yeah. Just crazy what we're doing to our kids.
1: And, and that's, a, that's a big point um, that I think it's important to bring up. Um kids you know they really we know that kids really do need social interaction to be healthy um you know and and there's been some talk about that as they've been looking at the uh, the question of opening schools and things like that um and what has really borne this out in my mind as I've seen the impact of some of these measures that we've taken regarding COVID is um, a CDC um, survey that just came out uh, recently within the last couple of weeks, which um, they did a survey of 18 to 25 year olds and asked them if they had contemplated suicide in the previous few months. Y'all, 25% of our 18 to 25-year-olds in that survey had contemplated suicide, one quarter of our young adults have been experiencing this situation as perhaps something that makes their life not worth living. Now if that is not a profound psychological and emotional impact and spiritual impact on a person's life, Mm. what is? I had a friend relay to me as well that, uh,
0: her teenage high school son, uh, was living more recklessly, especially in the car going really fast because he wanted to feel more alive. He said, wow. because this is not living the, what we're doing. So I wanted to have something more exciting and that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what he did to feel more alive.
1: Right. And, you know, I've seen studies that have looked at uh, what it is about the you know, adolescent and young adult brain that makes them more likely to break the rules about, you know, COVID safety. Well, when you put it that way, it makes it sound this, that it's reckless, that it's, you know, um, irrational, that it's it's not prudent. Right? Not responsible. Not responsible. But the reality is this. For that age group, the chance of death from COVID is significantly less than 1%. And yet, the response that we've had to COVID has created a situation where 25% of them are contemplating suicide. So if you say to me that this is irrational to break these rules because of the health risks... The health risks of these rules have proven themselves to be significantly more dangerous than the virus itself. And we need to acknowledge that. And mask wearing is a part of this because it does separate us from each other in a significant way, symbolically and in reality, in our ability to interact. It, it tells us every time we look at a person that, you are a threat to me. And it says to them, I acknowledge I'm a threat to you. And it steals our identity. And it teaches us that physical safety is more important than human relations. And that is going to impact our spirits. So much so. Because God created us to be communal people. You know, we've talked about that in previous podcasts. It's, it's one of the main reasons we're doing this podcast to talk about the fact that we do not live healthy, holy Christian lives on islands. We are not meant to be just me and Jesus. We are meant to be a body of believers, people who come together, people who are communal in our worship, communal in our living And when we put up barriers to communal life, we profoundly impact Christian life. And I think um, when that happens, the idea that our lives are worth living and that have meaning gets compromised.
0: Or let's hope it has a little bit of a pendulum effect where it brings it to the forefront of how very much important it is when it's been taken from us. And so let's dive back
1: into that direction and go more into community. Absolutely. You know, I think um, you know, we're coming up on almost 30 minutes here. So let's just start wrapping up this portion by um, acknowledging that, uh, you know, The importance of the human face is something that, you know, I don't think anyone denies, right? I don't think anyone's saying, no, human faces aren't important. We think we can all just never see each other. I mean, you know, as uh, Christians and, you know, Western society, we often look at, like, the women in Islam who wear burqas, and we were like, no, that's not what we want for our lives. And, And we wouldn't, you know, we don't think that that is appropriate for their dignity. Like, you know, that's a kind of a knee jerk that we have. Um, so that question of the face being important, I think we can agree it's important, right? Oh, beyond important. It's vital. It's vital. So I think maybe working out of that understanding and, and, and maybe talk a little bit more in, a, in the next podcast about why it's so vital uh, as far as our spiritual life and how we relate to God and how we relate to each other um, and what that, what our face really indicates about who we are as Christians. Yeah. We want to be all in with our faces, right? Show that love. Absolutely. And uh, I will say that in the Bible, you know, before preparing for this talk, um, I did kind of a survey of, of how the face is depicted in the Bible. Um, you know, it's the kind of thing where you can Google Bible verses about faces, you know, and, and I read over, you know, a hundred Bible verses that referred to faces and a very, very clear um, theme came out as relates to faces. Almost invariably in the Bible— when it talks about hiding one's face or covering one's face there are two things that are going on either someone is shameful they're feeling shame and so they hide their face or they're rejecting others so they're hiding their face and you know and that can be you know turn you know a human human being who's turning their face from god or god turning his face from human beings never once hiding your face that I saw in the, all the verses that I read ever given in the Bible as something positive, except maybe if you're hiding your face from the majesty of God, because you're recognizing that compared to him, you know, you're, you, you don't have the same level of significance that, so that as an act of reverence, um, but th- that's by far minor as far as the references go, not as far as the importance goes, of course, but as far as the references go, much less significant than the number of times it talks about shame and rejection as it relates to hiding the face. But to seek the face is always about connection and unity and drawing nearer in relationship. And to the point where, you know, there's, prayers where the Lord were, you know, in the Psalms where, you know, David is begging the Lord to show his face. And so as we leave this one and go, uh, you know, look forward to the next podcast, I just want to end with, with this quote from Psalm 27. It says, thou hast said, seek ye my face. My heart says to thee, thy face, Lord, do I seek, hide not thy face from me. Beautiful. So we'll leave it at that. And when we pick up next time, um, we'll dive a little deeper into the spiritual realities of um, the face of Christ, our human faces, and what that means about um, how we live together as Christians. Wonderful. So thanks for y'all for joining. And uh, until next time, God bless.